the best thing that you can do is go hard, <laughs> lean hard into the newness, into the not drinking as hard as you leaned into the drinking. You have to be about that. And so for me, it was, okay, I need to learn, I need to read, I need to hear, I need to find people who will feel like me. Welcome to the show that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their choice to not drink. I'm Kate Madry, and I'm so happy you're here. Sobriety is like a thumbprint, and just like your skincare routine or your self-care routine, everyone's sober care routine is very different. By the end of each conversation, you'll leave with a little bit more insight to help guide you while building your sober care routine. This is a clear-headed podcast. Happy 2023. Kind of feels weird to say this, but I did record this conversation last year. <laughs> I also recorded it in Nashville, in my hometown, with Kristen Bear, who is the creator of Creative sobriety on Instagram. She also has a podcast and we really got into the similarities in our stories, including our Southern roots, our career paths in the entertainment industry and our journeys with sobriety. How long were you in LA? So I lived there actually two different times okay. in my life. I moved there when I was 18, straight out of high school with a friend and I was there for about a year, a little over a year maybe. And then um, I went back in like 20 beginning of 2018 and I was there for two years this last time so and I've kind of lived all over I mean I was in New York for a few years um before that and then I'm from Tennessee though so in between my moves I've been in Nashville on and off and you know just kind of a nomad a bit it's good to be that yeah I mean especially through all these different like chapters of your life. I moved out to LA when I was 18 also, like three weeks out of high school yeah. with a friend. Wow. We're so similar. That's crazy. We're really similar. So where are you from? I was born in Los Angeles, but I was raised here in Nashville. In Nashville? Yes. No. Yes. What part of Nashville? Or Nashville or well, just Tennessee? Well, I grew up actually in East Tennessee, okay. like a pretty small town, like Smoky Mountains, Appalachia vibes nice um yeah so we I lived there until I was 15 and then my family moved to Oklahoma okay so I graduated high school in Tulsa Oklahoma and, and then you went to and the then big I, city then I went to the big city it's <laughs> <gasps> gonna be a superstar um yeah which you know at 18 I didn't have a clue about life at all but certainly not how like business works and yeah. money works and like rent works and yeah. things like that so I had a pretty rude awakening and um but yeah it's interesting how I kind of started on a new path I was going back to school and kind of trying to do a more traditional thing and then uh kind of by chance fell back into the industry um that I had always wanted to be in and um yeah, I was I was scouted as a model in my like early-ish 20s. And so that took me kind of all over to New York and through that I was able to get back into acting. So I started, you know, auditioning, doing commercials and then small TV stuff and um so yeah, I feel like it all kind of worked out for it all happened for a reason, you know. Right. Yeah, you can yeah. look back. Hindsight's 2020. 20. Oh god. You see all the ways that the puzzle pieces fit together yeah I mean also 
it's interesting because I, I don't I think there's a lot that we don't know about each other but I think there's a lot of it that's similar and yeah. specifically being in like an entertainment driven career a passion that's like where my heart and soul is I'm sure it is exactly where yours is too you can't not do it it's yeah. like and it will find you again and again and again but that coupled with alcohol and just the artist lifestyle is so like boo soaked I think the romanticism of Hollywood and starlet and popping bottles and what does it mean to look what does it look like to be successful in that career for me for so long it was alcohol was involved I don't know if that's how everybody feels I think that that's the way a lot of people feel but was it like that for you like yeah when you thought about your end goal what did it look like yeah I think I I, I also equate so much of that to like the superficiality of my youth totally and so when I would picture you know successful Kristen actress Kristen writer Kristen you know it's always this sort of like glamorized version of you know sipping champagne on my balcony and Mm -hmm. like you know writing a masterpiece while I'm just plastered and you know pouring out my soul well that's you know I think a lot of that is like media influence you know this picture we have of what what successful people do you know which is party and like spend their money on whatever they want and that kind of thing and it's like that is so actually not even what I want you know know. but I think you're kind of sold that idea and so then you try to fit that character as you go through this business or whatever and like there's so much pressure to be fun to be entertaining you know if you're an actor or even as a model I'm you know going to parties and stuff it's like you're expected to be this one sort of way and like having a glass of champagne in your hand at all time and being yeah. sort of like free spirit and down for the party and like all that kind of stuff. But um, so much of that I think also was like my superficial idea of success. And now I see it is completely different. I mean, in so many ways, but specifically like that sort of surface level existence yeah is just unappealing to me you know as before it was like the the pinnacle I, know. <laughs> I think we thought right when we were right. like 20 years old or right whatever yeah and how much your goals have changed and evolved and I know that people as they age and you could talk to anybody who's older than us at any point in their life and they'll probably say like yeah of course change and what you think you want is it's very natural to change but I think when it's specifically rooted in alcohol it's like a bigger change perspective wise I never ever 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 I don't know how many evers I could add to it to convey I never ever thought that I would not want to have a spicy margarita with dinner and a bottle of tequila and like always stocked I never thought that that would be something that would change same and I am so foundationally fundamentally different in how I view that and that is just 
it's massive. Yeah. So with the change that you have gone through, specifically in the industry, I mean, you mentioned kind of fitting the mold of what you think people want you to be. Yeah. What was your journey like getting to kind of the question I ask everyone, which was your moment of clarity where you realized that alcohol wasn't serving you anymore? Yeah. Well, you know, I I hear this a lot, but it's very true for sure with me that it was really more of a very slow decline. Um, I, I mean, not to say there weren't plenty of moments that should have been like very rock bottom moments, you know, I should have been like, holy crap, this is unacceptable. Um, but you know, it was kind of just par for the course, I think, along with what other people around me were doing. But I think as far as the industry goes and working in that world, I, I was always, I was so insecure. I was trying to fit in in every group that I found myself in, um, in, in work situations and also in personal situations, you know, with relationships, I would, you know, I would try so hard to fit into, um, the friends that I was around or my partner's friends, or, you know, it was just always this feeling of not being enough as myself as I was. So, um, the alcohol was sort of like a crutch and, in every situation for me, I felt like it elevated me to a more authentic version of myself, right? right. Which is so opposite of what it was actually doing, um, which was just keeping me very stuck and very insecure and then sick. But as far as like my actual moment of clarity, I think there is one very specific morning, which is basically the morning I decided to quit. And I had gone through a really rough period. I think um, the end of 2019, there was a lot of changes for me. I left LA, ended a relationship. Um, I was really at a low point with my career. I, I wasn't focused, I wasn't working, I wasn't in shape, I didn't feel good, I didn't look good. Um, and I was, I was depressed. I was miserable. And I just hated myself. I got to a point where I really, really hated myself. And I was just so disappointed. Like I felt like I had wasted so much time and so many opportunities. And I was really just at a point where it was either something massive changes or you potentially ruin all of your chances of of doing the things you want to do and being the kind of person that you want to be. And so I remember, you know, it wasn't after like a particularly crazy night of drinking. I wasn't like particularly super hungover this morning. It was just like a string of like a couple of weeks of consistently drinking and feeling like crap. And I woke up and I just had this all up and down my body this like complete knowing and a voice in my head that just said you're done and I didn't even question it I just thought thank god like I just accepted it and it was like I knew in that moment like it was really subtle it wasn't like I went around screaming it from the rooftops even to myself I wasn't quite sure how I was gonna do that um but I just knew I just knew that I, I, I had enough of a spark left in me 
and enough of whatever the thing is, right, that makes you have to create art and be heard and, you know, keep going. There was like enough of that in there that caught me at the right time. It was just like we it was time we have to stop you know and you can do that and that was really it and I didn't look back but it's weird because that should have happened so many times you know I mean I can think of like scary times like putting myself in danger living in New York City and like not remembering how I got home and walking the streets at like 3 a.m and having bruises all over me I mean just dumb dumb I know. dumb stuff it's it is all these little moments though you know and I think that sigh that you did you're like I just uh, I like knew it is a weight lifted once you know once yeah. it clicks and it's it's it is confusing because I think everybody thinks that they have to go through these crazy, crazy moments and that that is what is going to let the air out of that tire, let you like breathe. I guess air out of the tire is bad, but something more believing than that, you know? Yeah. To go, okay, I can't keep going like this. My tires are flat and I'm going to, I can't drive anymore like this. I got to switch cars. I got to figure it out. But that's not always the case. And just, I mean, I reflect on my moments too where I'm like, how was that not your, like, your moment of clarity, girl? Like, come on. But it wasn't. And I'm okay with it. I mean, and I think you're okay with it too. Yeah. I guess more I'm saying this or picking up on this because I, my fear is that somebody out there who needs to hear whatever they need to hear still thinks that they have to have all of these awful things happen in order for them for it to click for them and even though you did have rock bottoms and I had rock bottoms those weren't the moments where we pivoted we pivoted from really I feel like a self-love point of view definitely I mean there's a lot of self-love that has to come into place you said yourself I still had just enough of that spark for life or creativity to move forward and that is what fueled your choice I think when you pivot and you choose not to drink like I tried a lot to say like okay I'm gonna do like a 30-day cleanse Mm. I'm gonna not not drink for the rest of the week and all of those choices would be based in shame Mm -hmm. because I had hit a rock bottom or I had made a really bad move and it didn't last because the hangover subsides and the anxiety subsides and that shame gets shoved really down and you can't hear it as much or it gets so loud that all you want to do is shut it up so you grab a bottle because you haven't chosen to stop for something other than to just not feel that pit in your stomach yeah I mean I think too and it's It's hard to articulate it, but you really do have to just, you have to be done. Mm -hmm. You have to really be done. Yeah. And sometimes you're not done. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you, you have to go down deeper into that hole. Yeah. And I think that was the case with me where 
I didn't really get it. Mm-hmm. Like it hadn't clicked for me. Yeah. That all the things that I wanted, all the things I thought I was giving myself with boozing, right? I, I thought that was somehow protecting me from these bad things in a way. Like yes, it was my right to deal with things. And I just, I wasn't ready. I wasn't done. I wasn't sick enough of my own shit Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah and like you have to you have to get to that place and so you know you're just not ready until you're ready totally and that's why I think you know there's a lot of starting and stopping like not everyone's story is I decided to quit one day and then now I haven't drank in three years I think that's why there it's a process and if you're if you're someone who's trying to quit drinking like you may have relapses that happens but like you're learning as you go and and getting new pieces of information and like you really will get to a place where I think you're just done and and the alternative you know is so much is so much worse than than the unknown of of sobriety that you just gotta go for it yeah I mean you're already probably in uh you're already uncomfortable. If you weren't uncomfortable, you wouldn't probably be drinking as much. So just stay in that uncomfortability and try to heal and pick up different coping mechanisms. Yeah. What did you do once you chose and you were done? What was your next process like? Did you, what'd you do? Yeah. Well, so I think, you know, the best thing that you can do is go hard (laughs) lean hard into the newness into the not drinking as hard as you leaned into the drinking yeah like you have to be about that and so for me it was okay like I need to learn I need to read I need to hear I need to find people who will feel like me um because when you first especially like someone who's never dipped a toe in the sobriety world, doesn't know what sober Instagram is or whatever, totally. right? Yeah. You're just going, okay, well, I guess if I am if I feel like I need to quit drinking, well, I must be an alcoholic and I got to go to AA. Right. It's like, that's all you know. Right. And I just knew, I was like, that does not feel right. Right. That doesn't feel like me. That doesn't feel like what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. And so I just went on a massive hunt to like find new ideas about sobriety and new voices and like surely to God there's somebody out there saying something different, you Absolutely. know? And so I found podcasts. I found um, Quitlet as mm-hmm. they call it. Yes. Um, I read uh, Quit Like a Woman by Holly uh, Whitaker. Me too. Changed me Absolutely. completely. Yeah. Um, and then podcasts were huge I would go through all the sober podcasts and read the show notes and find like a woman kind of my age might be kind of my background and be like oh yeah yeah okay like and I would listen to her story and inevitably hear something that I resonated with and that made me feel better and stronger and just like then I would binge I mean I would binge podcast episodes that was my form of like AA meetings you know was just like hearing people tell their story over and over and over And then I got on Instagram and started looking up the hashtags and finding the sober accounts. And I just leaned so heavily into that. Like, you have to really buy into it, you know? Yeah. And so I just found so much, um, like, just so much inspiration for myself. Like, okay, like, I... 
I, I was heavy on the affirmations. I was heavy on the, like, you're doing this. You're healing yourself. Yeah. This is good. And this is going to lead to the things that you want. And, like, you have to believe that mm-hmm. and wake up every day and, and choose that. And I, I'm a big yoga gal. And I got back into my hot yoga class. That was, like, a refuge for me. Just the sweating and, like, you know, being in that room was really healing for me and still is to this day. It's something I do all the time. Um, but yeah, I think like you, you have to find what works for you, right? Yeah. Not everyone's the same. Um, but I would just say for me, it was really just inundating myself with new information. Like I knew everything there was to know about drinking. I knew every kind of wine you could buy and (laughs) tequila and what you could mix it with. And like, all of that, right? Yeah. So then I had to go that hard into sobriety and yeah. be like, okay, if I give this a quarter of the energy I gave to partying, I know maybe something great could come of it. What did you do with all of the fears that pop up that are so common for people? Like, what are my friends going to think? What mm-hmm. is my social life going to look like? What is my you know day-to-day going to look like? What's my new routine? How am I going to unwind? How do I celebrate? Like, yeah those are all big valid fears yeah I think um it definitely was for me I was pretty newly single too and I was this thinking like wow like this is gonna be I'm gonna be on an island all alone like how am I gonna meet people date people like how am I gonna go out how am I going to anything because I mean when you've been drinking your entire adult life it's hard to imagine doing any of those things without booze yeah. you know um and then you were kind of on an island alone yeah with the timeline of what what your choice was yes yes I got sober um February 26th of 2020 and then I think March within two weeks we like, were on lockdown wow, I know, so crazy. in a way that was helpful with right. the whole social pressure yeah um I was really lucky to be quarantined uh with family So I just had like a really wholesome, healthy, safe little bubble, Um, you know, for those three months, six months, really, that we were kind of all on pause. So that was helpful because there was not a lot of social pressure um, to go anywhere and do things. And I took that time to really just focus on myself and read and write and listen to podcasts and watch random YouTube videos and TED Talks and, (laughs) you know, but... As far as like, you know, the the celebrating and the, I had my, my first birthday as a sober person was that summer of 2020. So I was about four, five months sober. And it was really the first time that I had gone out because things were really only then just starting to open up here in Nashville. So we went to this rooftop for drinks. Wait, so when is your birthday? July 2nd. Okay. Yeah. So I had my my two sisters and one of my my closest friends. Um, we went to this rooftop bar and, you know, I was like, this is my first time ordering a mocktail. And I was all, I was like, okay, like, it's not a big deal. I just asked them if they can make me a mocktail, you know? And they did. And it was great. And we went to dinner and I had more amazing mocktails. And like, I think it's just the the doing of the things. Like the first time, second time is different. But then you just become very, 
very proud of the fact yeah. that you're doing this thing that yeah. not everyone's able to do. Yes. And it makes you feel so strong and powerful and like going home that night, being sober and like my makeup's still looking good yeah. and like looking at the photos. I was just like, yeah, like yeah. I, I did that. And you start the next day, the first like day of your next year of your yeah. life. like clear-headed clear-headed <laughs> nice plug. It's but so like true. Ha- hangover free that's good that that was your experience and that you had a good first go at it I, I also like so early in because five months you said five months yeah, right it was about four or five months having family around you what was it like I know you mentioned that you kind of kept it close to chest in you knew you were done, but you didn't know how it was going to happen necessarily. You didn't scream it to everyone. What was it like telling your family and how was that received? Yeah. So I think I told like my immediate family. I have two sisters that I'm really close with and um, my dad. And I told I told all of them within the first month um, that I am not drinking and – yeah, I, I don't know what that means or how long, but just definitely not for now and maybe never. I mean, it was just a weird thing because I also, you don't know really what you're doing at yeah, that time. You totally. just know you're kind of like taking it day by day and you know it feels like the right thing to do, but you're still a little scared of saying like I'm quitting drinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my my family is great. I'm very lucky. They were very supportive. Um, and, you know, went out of their way to make sure I was okay and, you know, like family scenarios and dinners and parties and there was never pressure and from them, which I'm very lucky. Um, and then with my friends and just in general, you know, I told a couple of my closest friends, um, again, kind of similarly, like, yeah, I'm not drinking. Like, I just think it's what I need to do kind of thing. And, I wasn't, um, I didn't announce it to anyone until actually the, after that that birthday. I made a post on my personal Instagram page that I, you know, it was my birthday and I hadn't had a drink in four months and I was, you know, kind of like finally trying to deal with my life and just kind of felt like I wanted to share it at that time and also um I think by that time I had started creative sobriety the Instagram page but I had kept it anonymous yeah and so it was shortly after that that I kind of also announced that and then started showing my face and becoming more and and it just kind of all it wasn't like a curated thing it was like it just became something I was more and more confident of yeah and more proud of was it received like pretty well off the bat yeah I remember that uh the first post I made you know to like my on social media to like my friends and whatever I had so many messages of like wow I'm so proud of you like that's amazing this is inspiring and and I just find that to be true in general like I'm sure you've seen it too. There's so many people who are struggling and questioning. Totally. You know, whether or not they end up sober or whatever, it's like 
it's this, it's always been this taboo topic of like, I can't say that I might have a problem with drinking. I know. Because then I might actually have to do something about right. it or be like, I, I'm not supposed to have a problem with this because everyone does it, right? Yeah. So I felt like really good about, you know what, if one person sees this post and finds some sort of comfort in that, yeah, I'm okay with whatever repercussion it has. So that's how it started. And then it just became almost, and I say this kind of lightly, but it became like another addiction of yeah. like sharing this right. and being so loud about it and yeah. being like, so um, just just trying to take the veil off of it all and like, this is not a dirty thing. This is not yes. a sad consequence. Yes. This is really freaking cool. And yeah. I feel great. And so I'm going to tell you about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to eliminate like the stigma. Yes. You know, and it's not as easy for everybody to have that outlook or get the resources or order the books or like find people who look like them that are speaking out and so I do know that and I also think if more the more people that feel the urge to share their story the better because people who are sober curious who don't want to drink are so diverse and so layered and so complex and at the same time we are all so similar in the fact that something doesn't agree with us that society basically tries to shove in your hand all the time. Yeah. So as diverse as we are, all are, we're all really similar at the same time. Yeah. And I implore anybody out there who wants to throw themselves into something to do what you did and to, to transfer that addiction because I know you, you're saying it lightly and I am too, but... <laughs> More I guess like I should say not to that say it habit. lightly, but yeah. Yeah, or not to say it lightly. Yeah. yeah, not to like throw it around, but to throw yourself into sharing instead of drinking mm. is just such a healthier healthier way to be. And saying it out loud really does help. And it takes away the power from it. It does. And I think also, I mean, a huge part of my sobriety has been this feeling of being helpful to others. Yeah. And I think that's one of the steps in AA. It is. It is. You know? Yeah. So it's it's this universally true thing that, you know, you can help yourself by helping others um, and vice versa. And so I found a lot of power in that and like a lot of um, self-respect in that, that I can take this experience and and use it in a way that will help someone else through that experience. Yeah. Um, and also I think like something else I'd want to say too, is going back to our talking about, um, being in the entertainment type industry, right. And having these artistic goals and something that I often think about is like, you know, to reach, you know, success in that world, to be at the pinnacle of an acting career or writing career, you know, come brings with it a lot of, um, a lot of resources, a lot of, right? So yeah, if, totally. you, if you were to become an actor in the way that you want, that could bring with it a huge platform totally. or a lot of money or yep. all these things. And it's like before, I don't know that I had a clear vision of, okay, why do you want that? Like right. what would you do with that? Right. 
And so I think there's something to be said. Like if you have these very lofty goals, Mm -hmm. you really need to have a cause. Right. And I don't think I had a cause other than myself. Oh my gosh, me either. Before. Totally. Right? It was this very self-serving idea of what I wanted my life to be. Yeah. And I think now like just giving to other people and like knowing what you stand for and something that you could really help um, push forward and like the things you want to fight for, like knowing that somehow makes me feel closer to my goals. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus like, you know, getting an audition or booking something is so great and I still celebrate it and like, hey, if there's any casting directors <laughs> listening, mama would love a job. So like, yes. <laughs> hit my agent up, IMDb Pro, yeah. get the number. <laughs> but yeah, the sole fulfillment that I feel when somebody I don't know DMs me and says like, I reach to your podcast as a tool when I'm struggling is like that is so much more powerful Mm. weighted intentional than getting a credit on the screen not that I don't still want that credit but there's like it's just it's it's richer yeah it's richer and the you know like you said if it's just one person that that impacts it is just it's all you need just that one person and and I think it's kind of goes back to like the take it a day at a time no AA term I'm not an AA either but there are fundamental things that people share and I do think take it 10 minutes at a time take it a day at a time and that one day even if you only do it for one day is still going to be just as impactful 100 percent um everything rooted in sobriety is just so much more to me yeah I think it's just made me it's made me better in every area of my life too yeah you know I think like um as a performer or of any kind it adds so much more so much depth yes you know as a person um and so much empathy like as an actor like that's kind of the name of the game, right? Totally. Is you have to have empathy and to be able to like radiate that in a way and also listen to other actors in a scene and really like, you know, it's for me, it's just, it's given me a lot of confidence, which that is translated for me into just being better at my job and better auditioning and better writing and like, you know, that you can't find that in a bottle of wine which is what I used to try to do over and over and over I I thought it made me um I thought it it let me reach those depths of myself right when it was really like you would just get shut off I know you're just hollow 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 yeah okay now I'm curious because I I know (sighs) The first year for me was like so turbulent emotionally and I think it is for a lot of people because you're feeling things. Yeah. Like feelings you haven't felt. Like for me, I hadn't felt since I was like 14. Um, Anger, what does that anger look like? How layered is that anger? What's the real root of that anger? Mm. Is it sadness? Is it jealousy? Why am I jealous? I mean, there's just so much that I felt. And then as an actor to be like, oh my gosh, now I have all of these feelings and all of these experiences. How do I, this is why 
the icons are the icons because they feel these layered feelings in a scene in a script you see it you understand it and it kind of made me go as a creator like who am I as an artist I didn't even know I could connect to something on this level I never felt that as an adult I didn't I was only like hollow shallow you know that's why I lean towards comedy because comedy humor I get it's how I coped. Yeah. Okay. You know, tequila and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so like got comedy, totally understand yeah. that. But the drama side, and then once I felt it, I was like, oh, maybe this is my thing. Maybe I feel more at home now with it. Mm. A lot about me, but did you feel that too? How did having those feelings back in your body like impact the way that you saw things creatively? Yeah, I was also super emotional across the board um, for the first while. And I mean, I still am, Yeah, you know, I mean, um, but I would, I would be just driving, not thinking of anything and just something hit me and be just sobbing like mm-hmm. but but tears of gratitude sometimes mm-hmm. which sounds so cheesy anyone listening is like yeah I can't imagine I'm gonna be sobbing tears of gratitude <laughs> once I quit drinking but it's true it is because it's that thing that you're saying it's all of these emotions and feelings coming back to you and it's not only the bad stuff you know that we've been trying not to deal with right um that happens you know I have traumas I have things that I know I was burying down with alcohol and of course all that stuff comes up and that's really hard but it's also the good stuff it's like the joy for very mundane everyday things that you get back um you're present for the beauty of it all yeah and just realizing oh my god like how lucky I am to be here in this moment talking to you seeing the sun like there's those things become so overwhelmingly like you become so present, you know, and so you can't help but notice the little miracle that you see every single day. And that, I think, adds up to, as an actor, being able to be in the moment. Mm. Because for me, I remember auditioning and auditioning and auditioning, and I just, like, it wasn't translating. Yeah. And I knew it. And I was going to classes, and I was... You know, and I, in class, I would have moments where I would be like, oh, wow, I really, like, got it, you know, and I would get really good feedback. But then in the audition, I would I would sort of stop short because I couldn't really – I just – I couldn't really be present. I was always thinking of what I was going to do next right. or how I was being perceived, uh-huh. right? You or were like, acting. I was you acting. I wasn't yeah. fully, like, as they say, you know, I wasn't, like, in my essence. You know, like I wasn't letting that show. I wasn't able to get to it. Right. And so I think that's the biggest difference for me is like I feel so much more comfortable in my body and in my mind that I'm not afraid to sort of let the emotions flow because I trust myself as far as like where it's going and I'm not thinking so much about how I look and where I'm standing and, you know, it's just – I. Everything about me is more natural, I think, as a sober person. Like, there's just so much less um, curation in general of myself as a person, if that's a thing. But Yes, no, it is. But it translates into that world where you're, like, in front of a camera or even doing a self-tape at home. You know, it's, like, so much different now that, I don't know, I just, I know there's a lot more to me. And, like, I'm not afraid to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Totally understand it. Yeah. Glad 
glad glad we're in it together <laughs> yeah it's it, rough it's rough <laughs> it is rough there is a like a level of confidence that comes with it too i think being sober and clear-headed huh? like how many times are we gonna plug the on the name of this it's podcast a great name, but though. I thank you it it's a great name thank you yeah but because i am so clear-headed in my day-to-day i'm so confident about what i say i know exactly how i said it i know my intention it was very clear i don't ever wake up going what maybe i did say it that way maybe i did mean it that way maybe i did and i think Mm. that confident then trickles into who you are as an artist yeah okay wrapping up yeah for anybody out there who's sober curious ready to be sober committed like dating the idea of a sober lifestyle toying with it downloaded the app ready to get out there which dating we didn't even touch on maybe that's going to be a part two yeah i'll have to do another one yeah what is a tool that you think everybody should get for their sober toolkit when they're first starting out Hmm. i would say you know yourself, right? You know how your mind works. I think it's important to write down some reasons why you want to stop drinking. And, you know, I think that can be really powerful to go back and look at every day. Um, So I think it's important to know why you're doing it, you know? And it can be as simple as, I feel terrible. Yeah. And you just look at that notebook every day and you write, why are we not drinking today? Oh yeah, because I feel terrible, Yeah, right? Or whatever, one through 10, you write them down. Um, and I think like we were talking about before, it's important to know that you're not the only person who's ever felt this way. Yeah, Whatever your situation is with alcohol, drugs, you can find podcasts, you can find TED Talks, YouTube videos, um, books, you know, go and find those things and find the people that you resonate with. Yeah. If, you know, and it it's not like a one size fits all thing, sobriety. AA works wonders for some people and it might work wonders for you. Go to a meeting, see if it is, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but read the books, find a voice that you connect to and just take it in. Take in all the information you can find. And also don't, make your life so small just because you're not drinking so you don't have to stop doing any of the things that you love doing in fact you'll find I think you'll love doing them more and then you'll find more things that you love but like the smallest example of that would be like I loved wine I would get home and the first thing I wanted was a really good glass of wine so I had to find a substitute for that especially in the beginning at a certain time I was used to drink in my hand totally so my big thing was kombucha and I would have 20 different flavors of kombucha in my refrigerator and at five six o'clock whatever it was you better believe I had a cracked one and had it in my hand yeah and it was like the ritual of that became the new norm yes And so it's like find ways to sort of replace the thing or trick your mind even. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? And like um, just do what feels right and don't feel that you have to be any sort of way. Yeah. That's, I would say, my biggest advice is find what works for you because it's not going to be the same as me or Kate or anybody else maybe. Totally. And that's fine. Sobriety is like a fingerprint and it is so different for everyone. Yeah. And 
I love that answer. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. For more guidance on building your sober gear routine, head to clearheaded.co or follow us on Instagram at clearheaded.co. <laughs>